my mom told me when I was younger that when you're young, when you're a kid, you have these seasons. So it's baseball season, it's basketball season, it's a season where you get to learn, it's a season where you take off for summer. There's these seasons, and as you get older, you actually start to develop habits. And they're no longer just seasons. Now, you're addicted to Netflix. It's not just a season of Netflix. Now, you go out with your friends and do this. It's not just an event once a week that we go to. These habits that form as we get older. It's very interesting. So, life is not a game. Don't treat it like it's a game, is what I would encourage you toward. So, when I was in college, I worked for a department, I think is the right word, um, at UMHB, called Campus Activities. That'll work. Um, and so what we did is everything on campus, we would put together events. So if a band came through, we'd help them set up. Uh, anything that happened on campus, from Easter pageant to a random concert, uh, we took care of. And so I had to go to the Expo Center to pick up a fog machine. And at the time, I had a pretty hefty beard. I was wearing a hat and sunglasses. And I walk up to the front door, and there's a line of people waiting outside the door. And the doors are locked. So I'm standing there, and there's a line of people looking at me. And then like three people in, this girl goes, hey, guys, it's John. And the whole line kind of starts standing up, and they start coming around me. And they hand me these posters to sign. And I'm looking at the band, apparently, and this guitarist's name is John, who has a beard, probably my height, whatever. It kind of looks similar. So I just started signing away. <laughs> so I signed probably, not kidding, 20, 30 of these posters um, as John. And I thought it was cool. I thought it was hilarious. So I'm laughing, and I continue to walk around, because i got to get this fog machine. i got to get in. And I walk around, and as I'm walking around, this guy carrying a speaker, it's a very large speaker, it's like a two-man speaker, and he stops and says, what are you doing? Get in the truck. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I walked onto the semi that he was walking out of, and I help a guy carry a, a speaker onto the stage of the expo and set it down, and I went and got another one, came back, and I'm not making this up. This is like 15 minutes of carrying stuff. So then I was like, oh, I'm getting paid. I gotta go get this fog machine. So I continue walking around. If you've done the expo, it's like you have, there's doors all the way around. So I continue walking, and I find the offices. And I walk in, and he's like, Jeff, you're finally here. Have a seat, man. And I was like, OK. And so I sat down, and I signed the release for this fog machine as my boss, Jeff Sutton. And in about a span of 30 minutes, I was three different people. Um, it was amazing. I thought it was hilarious. What's fascinating about that story is all of those instances where I was mistaken for somebody, it didn't actually change who I was. You know, you well, dub, Brandon. But I want you to think about this. All of those instances didn't actually change who I was. And if you reflect on who you are, oftentimes it's who your friends tell you to be, it's who your family expects you to be, it's what the culture tells you to be. It's what you're supposed to be. But it may not actually be who you are. So I want to give some clarity to that this morning. And just like, oh, that expo center. I came back to the office. I was like, guys, you won't believe this. I'm John, Jeff, and some roadie. Um, so what, 
I'll give some more context to this. If I asked you, you don't have to answer this, but you'll get my point. Who is Beyonce? Well, we have an answer for that. It may not be the right answer, but who is Beyonce? And I said, oh, tell me, who is Tim Cartwright? We have some answers for that. Sydney's dad, okay. And if I said, okay, well, who are you? The criteria, which is, this is fascinating, some psychology here, the criteria for Beyonce, for Tim, and for you, we're talking about three different criteria to answer the same question. Beyonce, assumingly, you've never met. But you say you know who she is. Tim, maybe you've met, but maybe you've never sat down and had coffee with him, or maybe you've been to his house. Um, and then for you, we have three different criteria to answer those questions. This is really, really interesting. And so I don't want to pretend when we talk about identity or who you are, there's not philosophy and psychology involved. I think there's some fascinating things that go into that. Um, today we're going to read from Ephesians. So if you brought your Bible, your phone, you can go there. And we oftentimes hear as the people of God, this is who we are. And it's very difficult to believe that. And so if you're a believer this morning, this would be clarifying, hopefully. And if you're not a believer, this will be hopeful of who God made you to be, or it'll be ridiculous. Let's just pray before we read Ephesians real quick. Lord, we pray for our personalities, um, our preferences, our opinions, our perspectives, our selfishness. May we put that aside. Can we surrender to you, to your will, to your desires, your purposes, your values? May we lay our lives down for your glory in this world. And for those that don't believe in this room, we ask that you awake them to truth. And that they may know who they are. Because they know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to read Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 10. about who we are. This is amazing. Just listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, 
according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. There are a lot of words here. I'm going to break it down for you if you missed it. In Ephesians 1, it says God's people are chosen, holy, blameless, predestined, adopted, blessed, redeemed, forgiven, united to God, recipients of truth and revelation. I'm going to read that again. In Ephesians 1, this is one short section of Scripture. This is who God says we are. Chosen, holy, blameless, predestined, adopted, blessed, redeemed, forgiven, united to God, recipients of truth and revelation. Hello, this is who we are. This is amazing. I can feel the excitement. I'm going to trust it's in your heart. Um, so, like I said, though, this is what Scripture tells us. And you're like, Brandon, I still got to wake up tomorrow. And I don't know if I believe this. And the reality is there's a lot of things in your life and my life that hold us back from believing this. So just to put it really simply, play a game of opposites here. I genuinely want you to consider these questions. Do you feel rejected instead of accepted? Do you identify as being rejected instead of accepted? Do you feel chained instead of free? Do you feel under the law instead of covered by grace? Do you feel orphaned instead of adopted? These are very, very important questions, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say, if you were the first part of any of those questions, which we all definitely started there, be free. Following Jesus requires us to understand our brokenness. I think we all, hopefully you've heard this before, but we are broken. We need the redemption. We need the Savior to be reconciled to God. Be free from your rejection, your slavery, from the law. Because of what he's done for us. It's all over Ephesians 1. Because of Jesus, we can be free. And so I have another question for you. Do you think it is costly to believe a lie? We're not talking about just being the liar. Would you say that it's costly to believe a lie? You don't have to answer it. I want you to think about it. Christ came, lived, died, and rose again for the glory of his name through his people. So hear me this morning, all of us, truly all of us. You can be accepted, free, covered by grace, adopted into the kingdom, transformed into life. Or you can believe the lie. And the lie is that the world tells you who you are. 
that God isn't worth trusting, and God didn't really tell us who we are. We've just read from Ephesians, and mind you, this is all over the scripture of who God's people are. So before you today, it is a matter of, do you trust God or the world? And some of you may already be ahead of me thinking this. Is Adam and Eve wrestled with this same question. Okay, so for a moment, get over yourself, step out of 2021, and consider this. The first humans on this planet also face this question. And we know this in Genesis 3. Did God really say that? Did God really say that? So what I wish someone told me when I was your age, and here's the deal, someone probably did, I wish I would have listened when I was your age. This will eat your lunch, destroy your life, and everything you find hopeful and joyful, depending on how you answer this question. This will eat your lunch and kill your joy depending on how you answer this question. Do you trust God or trust the world? Um, I grew up playing sports. I loved it. I loved basketball. Still do. Um, and that's, it sounds silly. I think I might have told you this in the past. But that's where I identified as an athlete. We moved to the Middle East, so this is in, I'm in my mid-20s. We moved to the Middle East, and suddenly I began to realize nobody here cares about basketball. What is wrong with these people? And it's silly, but I swear to you, I think Sarah walked out with the girls, but I, several nights, came home from like these dune campfires with all these wonderful Arab Muslim men where we were talking in tears. I'm in my mid-twenties, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a missionary at this point, and I come home in tears thinking, I've missed it. I spent an hour and a half trying to convince these guys that Michael Jordan was worth watching on YouTube. I'm not kidding. And there was so much more. So I don't say this lightheartedly. The world will tell you who to be. And it's not true. It's not true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, time. Um... So, okay, I'm going to cruise through this. So self-governing identification. I'm going to say this again. Self-governing identification. I can decide who I am. How many of you have heard that? Amazing. I can decide who I am. Who does God say that he is when Moses asks? I am. Yahweh. I am. This is proof that we have 
molded ourselves into gods and we can self-declare who we are. Friends, that is an oxymoron for a finite being. That is an oxymoron for a finite being to say, I am this. Raise your hand if you decided when you were born. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Raise your hand if you decided what color your eyes would be. Fascinating. Raise your hand if you decided what your laugh would sound like. I didn't ask if you'd practiced it. Yet the very things that the world sees, you had no control over. And yet we can lay in bed at night and say, hmm, my eternity, my personhood, who I am, who I was meant to be, I'm going to decide that. Just think about it. It doesn't make sense. Who you were meant to be implies that there was intention. And that did not come from you. Do you trust God or do you trust the world? Man. Okay, dying to yourself or living for yourself is kind of where we are this morning. Um, I'm surprised I'm doing this, but I'm going to use Disney to point to truth. I have my own opinions here. But um, there's a point. Oh, oh, I hope you know this story. But Simba retreats to the jungle. Okay? And he's just kind of wandering. He has said, I am this. And what he declared as who he was was actually not who he was. He was walking around the expo, if you will. And then one night, he looks up, he sees Mufasa in the clouds. Y'all are with me, right? What does Mufasa say to him? Simba. Right, okay. No, he says, remember me. Simba, remember me me. You've forgotten me and so forgotten you. Unreal. I love it. You've forgotten me and so forgotten you. And this morning as we talk about living for yourself or dying to yourself, the only way we know who we are is from our Creator. And if who you are is based on you, Stick with me. The wording's tricky. Who you are is based on you. You will wander around aimlessly without satisfaction, seeking fulfillment from the world. It is sad, sad, sad. So everyone in the room, go ahead, close your eyes. I'm going to read a few passages of all the world is telling you I hope and pray that this bears more weight as the word of God and as you hear this and you're considering who am I better stated who are we 
wonderful news is it's not dependent on you. So listen closely. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself. As, as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. And in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. You are a chosen race, people of God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But... God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God, you are our creator. And we confess that we build towers in our name to replace your glory your influence. We confess that our surrender to you is weak and yet growing. We're grateful for your grace, redemption, adoption, and care. May we be your people together. May those that do not know the truth of who you are and who they are to see it clearly this morning. So may we become who you've made us to be. May our proclamation not be a preference, um, opinion, or selfish. May our proclamation be truth, truth about your excellencies, who you are, and what you've done for your people and for your glory. And in Jesus' name, amen.